So after about two months of talking about nothing but dead teenager movies, we decided to celebrate our 50th episode with, you guessed it, Little Women versus Little Women versus Little Women. <laughs> More dead teenagers. That's like our brand. <laughs> oh my god! When was the last time we talked about a movie that didn't have a dead teenager in it at some point? Because I mean, bitches die in Mars attacks and Independence Day. What was before that? Oh, before that was the slasher movie. I thought Pitch <laughs> Perfect. Then nobody died in Pitch Perfect, which was back in May. oh go team go us go team hello everyone welcome to another episode of movie deja vu a podcast that answers the question didn't i see this somewhere from two movie aficionados i'm the charitable mother figure shady and with me is the absent father figure john oh good (laughs) oh god oh okay i mean at at least you didn't he's a good man He's a good man in all three right. adaptations. Right. That I that I watched. I don't know about the others. He he is in all of them. That that's one of the constants in Little Women is that both parents are good people. Uh, Laura Dern though. Laura Dern. And Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. And what's her name? Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. <laughs> I've got I mean, thoughts on she- that one. She's not the problem with that movie. No. Can I just say, though, it's really funny that Leah Thompson was in the second one and Eric Stoltz was in the first one. Oh my God, yeah, because of some kind of wonderful. Oh no, I was thinking of Back to the Future. Oh, yeah, he was the original Marty. He was the original Marty that they fired while after filming basically the whole movie. Fun fact, everyone. (laughs) But, you know... I, it just tickled me while watching these movies. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think of that. That's funny. I didn't even know that they were actually in a movie together that what that he was fully in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. She was the false love interest in some kind of wonderful, but he ends up with Mary Stuart Masterson instead. Gross. She wasn't in any of these movies, so she's no. dead to. She's dead to me. <laughs> Do you want to break down these movies so we can talk about them? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> we didn't really specify which Little Women's is, is, is that we oh, were right. watching. Because there are at least, like, 11 of them, if you include the animes. And the there's wasn't there a series as well? There were several TV series. Right, so there's, like, <laughs> there's, like, 20 of them, probably. There's a, there's a lot of them. Yeah. I watched nine. I watched only the three that we were assigned. <laughs> but I will say it now before we get in before we get into it later. This is my first time watching or any little women movie. Um, I've never seen the movie. I've never read the book. So I've got some questions for you later. Okay. Uh, I hope I can answer them. I don't know if you can, but probably you can. I will with your opinion this, how's that yeah okay 
Little Women is one of those stories that goes very far back for me. Like, it's like, I feel like I've known Little Women forever. It's like Cinderella or Little Red Riding Hood or like, Mm -hmm. where I'm like, that's just a story everyone knows, obviously. And if it wasn't for Friends, the... (laughs) (laughs) Beth's death and all of these versions would have hit harder than they did. (laughs) At least in the first one. Because in the other two, I'm so desensitized that I'm like, eh, she died. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Beth. Poor Beth. Um, I'll get into Beth and how that has personally affected me for my entire life later. Okay. Let's start with Little Women, 1994, then. Little Women, 1994, the first of the three that we're discussing today. Uh-huh. Written by Robin Swicord. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Let's go with it. Directed by Jillian Armstrong. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 92% and a Metacritic score of 87 out of 100. This is out of 23 reviews and 23 are positive. All of them are positive. All positive for the 1994 one. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm drunk right now. It's okay. It's just a long day. It's just a long day. No. So yeah, 23 reviews all positive no mix no negatives Hmm. and the imdb summary the march sisters live and grow up in post-civil war america i'm gonna put a pin in that okay because that's another question that i have (laughs) (laughs) and then we move on to little women 2018 18 18 now this is the modern a modern retelling of it And I don't know if you know anything about the production company that made this movie. I don't. I didn't realize it until halfway through the movie. I was like, I'm getting a distinctly Christian movie vibe off of this. I thought it was a Jesus-centric movie. Because especially when they focus on Beth and she's got the cross on. And I was like, "Mm, that's, that's different than what was said in the first movie. Yeah. Um. So I looked up the production company and I, their current name is something like Pinnacle Productions or something like that, or Pinnacle Peak. Uh I don't know, something. They were formerly known as Pure Flicks. And that for sure is a very Christian movie production company. You stop right now. They are infamous for a trilogy called God's Not Dead, which I have not seen, but I know it by reputation. Uh Uh-huh. Of course you do. And uh, so I I had no idea that they changed their name, but they did. And they changed their name and then produced this movie, which makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Anyway, moving along, it was written by Claire Niederpruim and Christy Shymek. That's, I'm not going to try it again. Directed by Claire Niederpruim. Rotten Tomatoes score is a 30% splat and the Metacritic is 40 out of 100. And that is out of 11 reviews. <laughs> One positive. <What>? Yes. According, <laughs> I'm looking at the Metacritic score right now. It's 11, 11 reviews. One positive, seven mixed, three negative. Okay. Can I, can I read the IMDb? It's yeah, wild. sure. Okay. 
So we get a sentence for the 94 one, right? This one, we get a novel. <laughs> a modern retelling of Louisa, Louisa May Alcott's classic novel, we follow the lives of four sisters, Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy March, detailing their passage from childhood to womanhood. Despite harsh, harsh times, they cling to optimism. And as they mature, they face blossoming ambitions and relationships, as well as tragedy, while maintaining their unbreakable bond as sisters. I didn't write this. This was on IMDb, I promise. This is like, so a story happens and characters develop. Like, it's describing <laughs> to you what happens in every story uh-huh. that yeah. characters develop. Except we follow the lives of four sisters, Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy March. Right. It makes it sound like her name is Amy March, last name. <laughs> That's how I read it at first. You know, it was like, uh, like instead of being like Joe Beth or, you know, or yeah. Josephine uh, Marie, something like that. It was Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy March. Right. Like it should be follows the lives of the four March sisters, Meg, Joe, Beth, Meg, Joe, Beth and, Amy. and Amy. Yes. Stupid grammar. Weird. <laughs> and then one year later, we get Little Women 2019, direct, written and directed by Greta Gerwig. Welcome back to the pod. Welcome back to the pod, Greta Gerwig. And Shersha. And Shersha. And Timmy Tim. And a lot of people are a back. A lot of people. A lot of people from the 94 one we also yeah. previously spoke about. Anyway. Rotten Tomatoes score, 95% fresh. Metacritic score, 91 out of 100. And this is the one that's out of 57 reviews. 53 were positive, four were mixed. Wow. And the IMDb summary, Joe March reflects back and forth on her life, telling the beloved story of the March sisters, four young women, each determined to live life on her own terms. I gotta say though, like we were, so we were originally were gonna do the 30s and 40s movie, um, but we were like, no, that's too much for, (laughs) that's too much for our brains to like actually discuss, you know, we, we learned from the other franchises that we've (laughs) done uh, to keep it to like three to five. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But why? But watching, you know, Beth die every time. It's like, okay, whatever. Uh, but I gotta say, I like how these three took a very different approach to telling the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I have to say because, like I said earlier, I watched more <laughs> six other adaptations in addition to these three. These these three I watched first and then I watched last and in between I watched six others and this is the best discussion if we're going to whittle it down to three these are the three to compare right yeah maybe later maybe all right so we didn't really assign special features maybe in special features you could tell us more about the other versions okay so question number one that I have was Louisa May Alcott inspired by Pride and Prejudice to write this um i don't think so because uh, um, it's largely based off of her own life and her three sisters i figured it was that much but there was a lot of parallels to pride and prejudice that i saw i mean i could be wrong where like 
Okay, so I'm imagining Joe is the second eldest. Yes. Um, and then Amy is the youngest. So um, we see like Amy be a little bratty throughout the movies. Uh, or yeah, in each version, she's a little bratty. Mm-hmm. She um, ends up getting married before Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe and Meg have a like a a different a, a deeper relationship than they do with the other sisters. And then in some of these movies, it felt like Beth was the Mary Bennett of the sisters. Where, she, okay, go ahead. Where like. I mean, in the 94 one, there was like a long time we didn't see Beth. It right. felt like. So, um, so uh, that, those are just the similarities that I was just like, I, I, cause I know Pride and Prejudice more than right. I know this. Right. So I didn't know if like, maybe she was a little bit like inspired by. Well, it's interesting um, that you bring it up. Cause it's also like, they're both families. They both the protagonists come from families that once had money, but no longer have that money. Yes. Um, And then also uh, there is a slight pressure on getting married for the money. I will say this though. That's also just kind of how life was for women back then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So, so both authors are just sort of writing based off of their own experiences. Little women is very much based off of Louisa Mega Alcott. Yeah, I can talk. Louisa May Alcott's actual life and her three sisters. And Beth is based off of her younger but co-middle sister, Lizzie, who did die at a very young age and she was very, very close to. And the uh, Little Women as a book, it was originally published in two volumes. So it's technically two books. And oh. they were, yeah, they were dedicated to Lizzie Alcott. Um, and at the time that she wrote them, her youngest sister, May, and her older sister, Anna, were still alive. So I think Beth kind of has the least to do in a way because she was written while Louisa was still mourning her sister, Lizzie. So she was writing an idealized version of her. Oh, that's so sad. I know. Um, I feel like though uh, the Greta Gerwig version, the Joe and that mm-hmm. m- might be closer to real Louisa May Alcott. Yeah, especially the ending. Yep. Like I, I mean, okay. So in this one and the '94 version, there is like a very strong feminist vibe going mm-hmm. um you know where oh is it the 94 one where they're like where they don't wear corsets and they make a big deal about that yeah and uh marmy says something about that to john brooke and like meg's like scandalized because you don't talk about corsets in public but like they make an issue of it and they don't see an issue with that right and they even are transcendentalists in that one which um, yeah which the alcott's in real life bronson alcott was the father and he was a transcendentalist and that was a constant in louise's work yes and then in the 2019 one all the girls i feel like 
have a feminist moment. The one that comes to mind that's very strong, I like just watched this this afternoon, that's why, uh, is when Amy talks to Lori in the present, quote unquote, mm, present the day. Later, the later timeline. Yeah, where she talks about like what marriage really means. Right. Where like sh- she can't make money for herself. It's going to her husband and all that. And I, that kind con- that that monologue blew my mind. Like I know I know all about I know about this with history and everything. Mm-hmm. Like and especially since we're trying to like down the patriarchy still a <laughs> hundred years later. Right. We're still 200 almost 200 years later at this point we're still trying to like topple the patriarchy um for just like equal pay right but like that monologue was uh, kudos to everyone involved it was beautiful and then it's so I, good and like sorry Florence Pugh a hundred percent earned her she got an Oscar nomination for this role and she earned it that scene alone let alone what she does the rest of the movie i gotta say though i really liked that they didn't double cast amy in that one i'm of two minds i ultimately think it's better to not double cast amy but there there are times when she's younger that there's a little bit of a dissonance there because you're like you're you're in your 30s but you're playing so wait okay so in (laughs) in their childhood i guess or the before you know uh when they're all together and everything right meg is what like 21 and um, joe is I like remember in the novel i think they say in the novel at the beginning meg is 16 joe is 15 beth is 13 and amy is 12 well, because Claire Danes in the original movie was 14 years old when she yeah. when they filmed it. Yeah, this was like at the very beginning of her career. This was the same year that my so-called life started. Yes. Um, and Kirsten Dunst was, I think, actually younger than Amy was supposed to be. Yeah, because I, I mean, she was only 10 or 11 and she was playing 12. Obviously not a big difference, but just a little unusual. Normally you play younger. Or, yeah, you, you cast an older person to play younger. Right. But, like, I mean, I guess she had the look, maybe. Right. Because, you know, definitely Claire Danes is, because uh, she, you said what, Beth is 15, 13? Beth, Beth is 13, I believe. And then she jumps to 20. Well, there's a four, I know there's a four-year gap after, between Meg's wedding and then when Beth, like relapses right i'm trying to remember because in the novel it's actually meg gets engaged and then john brooke goes off to fight in the war for a couple of years so it's like a three-year engagement got it so i I think ultimately the time span of the book is around five years i can't remember exactly that's a lot of shit that happens in five years i know okay so in the imdb for the 94 one they say it's post-civil war america but it feels like it's still civil war yeah it starts when the war is still very much happening and the war ends sort of around the middle a little past the midpoint right and then i mean 
in the 2018 one, I'm just assuming he's in Afghanistan or Iraq or somewhere yeah. Middle East. Yeah, and he's a doctor, I believe in uh, all other adaptations, he's a pastor. Right, because I mean, in the uh, the Greta Gerwig one, he's the one that officiates Meg's right. wedding. Right. Which was, which was a nice detail. And I love Bob Odenkirk, personally. Oh, who like, doesn't he's, love Bob Odenkirk? I mean, I... I, I, his recent movie, one of his recent movies that came out is Nobody, where he, I mean, he has like a certain set of skills where he can kill people with his pinky, whatever. <laughs> so while watching this movie, I was like, you're going to murder everyone here, aren't you? <laughs> I just, but, I love that uh, he gets to drop the title of the movie. When Bob Odenkirk says, My Little Women, I cheer. Yeah. I, well, I'm trying to remember the dad says it in that one and in 2018, but it's Susan Sarandon, Marmy, mother, whatever, whatever yeah. you want to call her, says it in 94. Am I correct in saying that? No, I think you are. Uh, sorry, that was what I watched today. So I'm trying to remember back. Or at least she's the first re- one that says I, that. Yeah, I think he writes it in a letter, but she's reading the letter. And then later on, she also says it like as her own words. I don't know. All I know is I took pictures of every time they said the title, like the, <laughs> well, like the first time they said the title, because it's it's a little weird. I mean, <laughs> I'm also like, I'm sorry. I, I made a mistake watching so many different versions that we're not even discussing because I'm like thinking, oh, in every other version, it's written in the letter from the father. But Marmy's the one who reads it. I feel like you're right. Um, but she where, also says it I think of her own accord in the 94 one that 94 one like when the credits started and all those actors names popped up that are now big names right I because we have what Winona Ryder Kirsten Dunst Susan Sarandon uh, Claire Danes Christian uh, Bale Chris, Christian fucking Bale like I, mean, I guess Gabriel Byrne was sort of a big deal then, but he hadn't done Hereditary yet. So as far as I'm concerned, oh, he's that was a big him. Deal. That was him. That was him to tie it back to another episode that we did about dying dead teenagers. Yeah, um, Donald Logue in a very small part. Donald, oh my god, I flipped. I I think I flipped my table when I watched it, <laughs> just out of pure excitement because you know he's not playing a gangster or like <laughs> or like a terrible dad right yeah he, he's like he's like a a, fe- a male feminist but he's like doing a little too much with it so i gotta say i really did appreciate that scene in that version of it mm-hmm. where um you know so this the to set the scene for those of you who don't remember it's when uh joe is in new york in the boarding house yes okay and she's hanging out with the other boarders or tenants whatever the technical term is and they're all talking about women's rights and she's the only woman in the room and (laughs) she like delivers a monologue i i get talking about like um basically telling these men they'll never understand what it's like to be a woman in that and quote today's society and quote right. like 
not meaning like 2021 but like 1860 something <laughs> um, and they all agree with her basically right and it's interesting because Donald Logue is the first one we hear who's actively supporting women's right to vote, but he's saying it from a point of view where he's like, well, women should vote because they're even better than men. They're morally better than we are. And she's like, no, 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 we deserve to vote because we're the same as you. I mean, but like, is he wrong? Because when I feel like, <laughs> I feel like. Well, he's like saying from like, oh, well, women can't have like impaired judgment whatsoever. They're absolutely flawless in every way. And she's like, no, but we're still human. Like we can make mistakes. But being human is also why we deserve the same rights. But like you guys are also flawless. So like, <laughs> women are also flawless. Thank you, John. I'm You're just going to take that and go with it. Yeah. it's a com- I mean it as a compliment. And I'm sorry if anyone is offended when I say that. <laughs> I'm not uh, offended. I'm extremely complimented. So let's, can we focus on Joe for the Joe portrayals for a second? Yes. Actually, you know what? Let's just focus <laughs> on the 2018 one for a hot second. The biggest asshole in the world. What the fuck? What a choice. Like, what a choice. I hated all the characters. I hated all of them. I liked Beth because Beth is designed to have no flaws. Well, so that's the thing though. I feel like with that, with this version of it, everyone's characteristics were amped up to 11 and beyond. They were like cartoon characters. Right. So like Beth was uh, the, uh, Beth is the sympathetic character. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, in all three versions, we all feel for her and then she dies and we cry a little. But like in this one, it felt more to the point yeah, where it was she's fake. like right she's like delivering morals to everyone too on top of being perfect herself she's like giving everyone else the the motivation that they need which is really supposed to be marmy's role but like also i feel like she the actress did a good job i don't know any any of the uh the sisters in that movie I don't either. I thought the one who played Beth was the best. Um, and then the one who played young Amy, I thought was pretty good. She was such a bitch. She was so annoying. I kind of disagree, but only because Joe was so fucking mean to her for no True. reason. Where I was like, well, how else is she supposed to turn out? Well, like... Okay, so even a little bit of Shersha's performance as Joe towards Amy, I was a little like, whoa, this is much. But mm-hmm. I, it, it comes at points where in the story, um, that's when she's starting to tutor her. So she's stuck with her all the time. Right. There's also, so I, I always thought it was interesting. Uh, people always have said that, like, the reason why Joe and Amy don't get along is because they're too different. They always struck me as actually being the two who are most alike. And that's why they don't get along. Because they have similar temperaments. They're similarly passionate. They have similar ambitions. But they have different values and therefore are constantly butting heads. And also you kind of we're following joe the protagonist and so when 
well, I'm sorry, in 94 and 2018, we're following Joe as our protagonist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on talking about Greta Gerwig's for a hot second. Yeah. Cause again, first time watching it, I've got thoughts. <laughs> uh, so we're following Joe's perspective on things and she even says it. I feel like in both, in all the versions that, uh, I wa- we watched she says that she's a, she's a little angry at um amy because amy gets things that joe wants right and that's also one thing that i think is very true to sisterhood is that from joe's perspective it seems like amy gets everything she wants and we'll probably talk about this a little bit more when we get to greta's like you said before But if you think about it from Amy's point of view, in a lot of ways, Joe has it a lot easier than she does. Well, so that's the thing um, with siblings. I know sisters are like sisters, brothers are different things. I have an older sister, Mm -hmm. so I'm the youngest of two. So like there are things that um, I got to do that she couldn't do because she was older and my parents were still learning with her right about certain things um but like there are also things that she got to do that I did it so like you know it's a push and pull kind of a system I feel now (laughs) I present day or you know in the 21st century but like in 1860s I mean as a society, you marry off your daughters to get a dowry, but I feel like the uh, March family didn't have that value, mm-hmm. um, at least in the 94 and the 2019 one, where mm-hmm. uh, I think, I, I can't remember which one it is, Marmy was like, Marmy keeps talking about like how she instilled these values into her girls, outside of being married so like use your brain work through your emotions and everything like that and she says in most versions she said because she says it in the book something along the lines of i'd rather my daughters be happily married to a poor man than unhappily married to a rich man yeah and i think i think meg says that in one of these movies too so or in yeah i think she does in the 94 i'm pretty sure trini alvarado says something to that effect it's great. I mean, it feels like, I don't know where I'm going with this, <laughs> but, and, and this is like a lot of this also existed in the original book because, you know, Louisa May Alcott held all of those values. And she did originally write this to be a collection of stories that taught people values. Yes. But in the 2018 one, like Joe is a garbage monster and I don't, horrible she's horrible I don't understand why we're rooting for her yeah and um I don't think it helps that the performance for that character and I don't know how much is the script how much is the direction whatever the performance is just so over the top where you're like just calm down calm down girl like I know this is a character who is famously very passionate and over dramatic but you're doing way too much. Right. And also, I mean, I get that her idea is that she doesn't want to get married or she doesn't Mm -hmm. think that she'll want to get married. Mm Because I feel like, you know, people have had that thought even today where it's like, oh, like maybe I won't get married and I'm okay with that. Right. But 
And that one, like, oh boy, it's so... She's just, like, overly aggressive to everyone. She, like, flat-out bullies Amy from the beginning for no reason. So then after a while, you're like, well, no wonder Amy acts like a brat to her because she treats her horribly before she's even done anything. There's one thing about this movie, though, that I really did appreciate, and that was uh, the father's order for them to write down their grievances and air it out with no drama. That was, I did like that as well. It'll be like, Shady, this is uh, this is the flaw that I see you have. Let's work on it together. And then you'll be like, John, this is the flaw that you have. And, you know, you unravel a long ass scroll to tell me how awful I am. And we no. will work on it one by one. <laughs> John, your flaws, you're too perfect. Oh, stop it. I'm it's- not. Your, your laugh is too infectious. Work on that. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll stop being infectious. Because, <laughs> uh, like, they had that whole thing with the castles, and I was just lost. But, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they, they didn't really play that much in the 2019 about the attic as, as they did in the other two ones that we watched. Because yeah. in the ninety in the ninety four, it seemed like each girl had their own area it's of the corners. attic. Yeah. And then in the twenty eighteen one, um, they had their own castle that they could decorate and store their own shit. It, basically, it's a trunk. That's right. it. That's shaped yeah. like a castle. It, it's a, it's a vision board, but also a trunk. But like in the twenty nineteen one, they didn't really have that. But they still all like listed their wants and their thoughts of their future. Yeah, yeah. They still spent like they openly discussed what they wanted out of life and what their motivations ultimately were. Okay, so which one do you like the most? Because I know you and I have talked off screen about what each of these three represent in a way Mm -hmm. but overall which one do you like the most and why is it the Greta Gerwig one it's the Greta Gerwig one how do you know because that's the one I like the most I'm not gonna lie I mean if I if I watched the 94 one earlier like before the Greta like way before the Greta Gerwig years ago I mean maybe I would have a little bit more of emotional attachment to that one but the Greta the the Greta Gerwig one. No, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, I have a clear memory of going to see the 90, the Jillian Armstrong one in 1994 in theaters and loving it. And I watched it dozens of times since then. And the Greta Gerwig one is by far my favorite. Well, so, okay. You told me that the 94 one holds true to the book as an adaptation, but the Greta Gerwig one is more of a, spiritual adaptation because like not only do they follow the same rules and everything but we see why characters do things Mm -hmm. because i I think it does more to delve into all of the characters and not just joe yes there's there's a little more focus on amy there is more focus on amy it gives meg anything to do after she gets married besides have babies that whole silk debacle 
There is of all the other adaptations I watched, one other one did that. And that was one that was made for TV and it came in a two part, ultimately three hours long. The rest of them basically pretend Meg doesn't exist once she gets married. After she has the twins, you mean? She, yeah, she gets married. She has twins. That's all she does. That's all Um, she wrote. (laughs) Yeah, there is one, the 1978 made for TV version gives her storyline did you watch did you say you watched an anime version or there you saw on a list there was an anime version there are at least two anime versions i have not watched either of them oh good, oh, good. <laughs> but like i because in every other version where after amy burns joe's writing book whatever novel whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. in, in the adaptation i like how in the Greta Gerwig one, um, you know, Amy was such a brat and a bitch about it. And she was like, <laughs> I like, you know, uh, she, she was very malicious. Like I burned it. Yeah, and then she, she already says, I wanted to hurt you. Right. And then the next day or a couple of days later, whenever Lori and Joe go ice skating, you know, Amy wants to go with them, but then also she has that conversation with her sisters be like, will she hate me forever? How do I, um, how do I make it up to her? And then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what is it Meg? That's like, go, just go and rip it off like a bandaid and talk to your sister. So like, that was a, I really appreciated that moment because in the other ones, it's like, well, why are you running after her and being annoying yeah. as fuck? Yeah, don't get, yeah. Don't, don't get me started on the horses. The horses? What the? Were they Leah Thompson's horses? Oh my god. <laughs> or or the coach dad from High School Musical's horses? <sighs> but like, you know, then there were other there were other moments too in the 2019 one that I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um so both the 2018-2019 one I know did flashbacks a lot. Right, which kind of surprised me because I thought that was uh, something very unique to the 2019 one. And they then the 2018 diff- one did it too. Well, they did it differently. So the 2018 well, one is just straight flashbacks. The 2019 one seemed to justify the flashbacks where it's every time Joe falls asleep, it's, a dr- it's like a dream. Right, but it's also that it's properly motivated. There's either some kind of visual or some kind of thematic or most of the time both cut Mm -hmm. between the timelines. And in the 2018 one, the only time a flashback made sense uh, was when Marmy texted Joe that the cancer came back. And then she has a flashback to when Beth first uh, was diagnosed with leukemia. I'm kind of happy that they updated that as well. Yeah, yeah. Nobody really dies of scarlet fever or a rheumatic heart anymore. No, no. So, so it was. They kind of like, had to. I feel like this move, this this subject is hard to update. Well, part because- of it too is like so many of our social values have changed. Where things that felt radical in the 1860s aren't in the 2010s. Plus that, well, twenties now. Uh, Plus there are things that are so intricate. So like, okay. The fact that when Beth is sick, they can't afford to go to the doctors. 
um the marmy has to play like medicine woman you know dr quinn medicine woman and all that the fact that like even getting a doctor to the house is a hassle because there are no cars you can't just call a doctor like you have to walk into town be like oh hey doctor my sister's dying come take a look at her (laughs) and then walk back and that's already like four hours right there's also like it kind of bothers me how much in the 2018 one we get one scene of leah thompson's marmy on the phone talking about something about a loan or something like that Mm mm-hmm other than that, we don't get any indication that this is a family that's in any sort of financial struggle. And that's like a key element to Little Women. Jesus, that's why. <laughs> it's all about Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. But I, what I did like that they did, I mean, it's great that they, they got rid of the Hummels in a way. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's how Beth gets the Scarlet Fever and everything. So instead of that, they like mention the fact that they volunteer at soup kitchens or or a homeless shelter or something like that. Yeah. So like even that translation was nice. Was yeah. very nice. I think there were a few things that they did pretty cleverly. I liked that there's no real modern update of Joe selling her hair because women with short hair are like a fairly common thing now. It's a yes. So to have her instead shave her head to give Beth moral support, that made so much sense to me. That was nice. And that was actually like one of the nice moments that Joe has or right. the only nice moment that she has. I it's mean, like the one time where you're not like, oh, you're not a garbage monster, even though she had just <laughs> yelled at the guy in the hospital for asking her to sign in. And she's like, I'm on the list already. OK, calm down. He's doing his job. Uh, calm down, girl. But I mean, even when she broke the... <laughs> The fucking gumball machine. <laughs> so stupid. Why is there a random gumball machine in the, uh, there, the I, ward? I have so many questions about that movie. But that was a nice moment. I thought that was a good way to update her sacrificing her hair. Your one beauty. Um, <laughs> by shaving it instead of having it cut short. The other, the other weird thing about that movie, uh, sorry folks, that we are harping on this movie, but because I found <laughs> it and made us watch it, we're going to talk about it. The other weird thing, though, is like when Amy grows up, she shoots up like a bean sprout to like be seven feet tall. Yeah. And then her character drastically changes. And that's supposed to be like a year or something or like four years yeah, later. The- like, like I, I know trans- that transition didn't make sense. I, I know that like people can change over four years, but that's a big change because she starts off like 12 and then <laughs> she ends up being 16, 17 at the end. They say that she's at Oxford, so she's got to be college 18 age. or 19. Yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't know. The timeline in that, because like, I think Joe at one point said she was 29 or something like that. And I was like, what, when, when did the rest of this take place? <laughs> and that's not even getting into, oh, so now we're supposed to pretend like Lucas Grabiel is some sort of ladies man at college that he's just banging chicks left and right. Well, he never comes off as a playboy in that movie, does he? Doesn't he say something about how, like, oh, I've been hooking up with lots of girls at college? Oh, yeah. Well, Lucas Gabriel. 
super ladies man it's so funny too that all of the music i think he's singing in that movie no. Like the 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 not like or credit song or the credit song. There's another random song randomly. Like I don't know. So I'm was, already like forcibly forgetting a lot of this movie. And then he sings twice in it. Like I was just like, is is it in your contract mm-hmm. that you have to sing in everything you're in? Don't get me wrong. He's got a nice voice and everything, but like he can sing. Does he have to? Right. He can sing. Can we not listen to it is the question. Uh, do we want to focus a little bit on the 94 one? I feel like that's the Mary Bennett of this episode. <laughs> sure. I'm sorry to keep bringing her up, but like. No, it's fine. Um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like every, like all those actors are superstars that be today. Yeah, I guess kind of Trini Alvarado is probably the least famous of them. But even so, she holds her own with this movie. She really, she gives a great performance. I forgot how good she is. And she plays Meg. Mm -hmm. Who is, at least in this one, the boring one. (laughs) I I love Margaret March, but she's the boring one. Yeah. Except for in the Greta Gerwig one. Right, because Greta gives her stuff to do. Yes. But, like, I I really appreciated that one because it would be great to do a back-to-back of that one and the Greta Gerwig one because it feels like you're seeing the flip side mm-hmm. of the 94 one in the 2019 version. Mm-hmm. And... It, oh, what is that play? Is it Noises Off the play? There's that play Noises Off where like you see the what's happening in uh, in the course of the show within the show but mm-hmm. then in act two it's like reverse where you see what's happening backstage while they're doing the show within the show and it is brilliant. So th- that's my opinion of uh, these two movies. The, the 94 and, 90, and 2019 one. That's a great way to put it. It, it does feel like in a lot of ways, 2019 is a direct response to the 94 version, more mm-hmm. so than even the original novel. In a lot of ways, it's a direct response to the original novel and the life of the woman who wrote it. Yes. And with like a very clear feminist viewpoint on things. Right. I mean, it just so happens that it's also the one that, that these are the two that are set in the time period of the piece. Right. No offense to the 2018 one, but <laughs> all of the offense to you. Uh, well, it's, I, it's weird because so many things that you even translate directly, but put it in the modern day, that in the original version, when it's set in the Civil War era, you're like, wow, that's pretty progressive. And then you set it in the modern era and you're like, wow, that's pretty conservative. I have to say, though, I really like in the 2019 one that there was a Black woman in, mm-hmm. like, a scene with Laura Dern, because then you're like, oh, shit, this is also slavery time, and they are in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And yes. there's a reference at one point to Father March taught freed men and their children, which was right. very radical at the time. And, like, even before the first ball mm-hmm. that they go to in the 2019 one, where Meg is telling Joe, you know, a list of things, a list of topics not to talk about. I was like, oh shit, like yeah. that is, that was radical back then. Yeah. 
well even like the 1994 one there's a reference to when um meg goes to sally moffitt's uh debutante ball and they're talking about the fabrics they're using and everything and how oh it's made in the north and then meg's like well you know they use children in that factory that is yes and you know what's interesting the 2019 version they sell out they spell sally's name differently than the other versions i did not notice that yeah, so I watched them all on Amazon Prime, not sponsored, but I'm going to have to talk about it because <laughs> there's that little x-ray version that, um, you know, you hover over and you're like, who is this? What is some general effects about this? Right. In the 94 and 2018, they spell it regular with a Y, but in 2019, they spell it I-E. S-A-L-L-I-E. So it's like, that is that is interesting. I don't understand why they changed it. But I'm okay with it. Is Sally with an I-E like more French? Or maybe they were making her out to be super pretentious. Maybe. Even even in the spelling of her name that nobody (laughs) notices until until you watch the credits. But like an interesting little detail that you picked up on. Hey, I'm here. I, mean, I, I came Don't to I, I I came to play today like <laughs> good we're here we're talking about it it's a topic I don't know and well, I'm glad you're talking about it because I just have so many feelings I don't know how to talk about them I am so grateful we did this because I don't know why I never watched the 94 or the 2019 one I really I did want to see Greta's version of it but I'm kind of happy I watched the 94 one first mm-hmm. so I can get the gist of it. Right. And then in the 2019 one where it's told very differently, right. I the understood. structure is different. Yes. But, yes. but it makes so much sense. I thought it was such a genius move to restructure the whole thing this way. Like it, I, just, it makes so uh-huh. much sense thematically. So how well do you remember the novel I, I fair fair enough are they written like vignettes or short stories it it, uh, it it kind of feels like each chapter is could have been a short story that was published in newspaper as an ongoing column almost because that's how the 2019 approaches it right. and I'm not sure if that I, I wasn't sure if that's true or not especially when Mr. Dashwood is like, we'll call the we'll call the final chapter under the umbrella. And I was like, okay, so and then you see as well in her writings that instead of saying like chapter one, chapter two, it's all like um they they have titles mm-hmm. instead. Yeah, no, I, I do know the chapters have titles and it very much feels like you could pick up the book and just read a random chapter and put it down and you got a story out of that chapter. That's very nice and very different storytelling. Yeah. And, and it is like, for the record, I do think lots of people should read Little Women because it's an American classic. It's very much of the style of its time. Got it. It's very sentimental, mm-hmm. a little too flowery uh, for modern tastes, I think. And it is also meant for children. Like it is children's literature. Oh, that's, it seems though that, these movies though are made for young adults adults Mm -hmm. which is very interesting I feel like 
us older folk, uh, we will understand more about the times rather than a child. Yeah, I, th- I think it it's more than anything that just enough time has passed that we read it more as a historical record. And, and this is another thing I love in the 2019 where they're talking about uh, Joe and her two surviving sisters, Meg and Amy, are talking about the story that Joe's writing and how she doesn't feel like it's going to get published because it's not about anything important. And Amy says, well, if you write about it, that makes it important. And I think like there was, I think part of why Little Women was so popular in its time and why it survived so well is that there were so few written reports on what the day-to-day life of particularly middle-class women, but you know, in a broader sense, just average people of the day, what their life was like. People wrote about the upper classes. People wrote about soldiers at war, but nobody was keeping record of what life was like during those times for quote unquote average people. Mm. And I think that's kind of why it's endured for so long is because it's such a great time capsule for what regular life was like. Right. That we do kind of read it almost as more of a historical record than a story in some ways. And that's okay, too. I mean... Yeah, I love it. I mean, There are lots it, of time periods. We have no idea what regular people lived like because nobody wrote about it in a way that was preserved. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, this is a, and this is so important because it's very integral with American cultures. It's not like... Because, like I said earlier, Pride and Prejudice that I compared it to, that's set in England. Yeah. So there's very English things that happen in that. Right. Here in America, you know, they're dealing with the Civil War. They're dealing with slavery. They're dealing mm-hmm. with... Su- the suffragette movement. The, the, the feminist <laughs> is still happening. To- Feminism still happening today. Right. We do um, have the right to vote, so that's nice. And, like, that's the... That's the best thing about the ni- all of these movies. The parents are not pressuring them to get married. Mm-hmm. I feel like in all of them, Meg is just just wants to have a family. Right, that's her dream. She wants to get married because that's what she wants. That's what she wants, and that's right. not. And she's not being pressured. Joe wants to be a writer. Right. Um, she is very adamant that she's not going to get married ever and for most of all three of these movies. To have that also as like a major theme for her to like topple the patriarchy with her <laughs> writing mm-hmm. is great. I don't understand the 2018 one where that scene. Okay. First of all, her novel sounds awful. I also don't know. Is she in school? school is she trying to get it published like she's I was a little like confused. it's her I don't understand that whole thing she's presenting it like it's her dissertation for like grad school plus those guys were hyper misogynistic and and for no reason right in a way that like most people in those positions would still be very like prejudiced and biased but they would be smarter about hiding it right I mean we're it's it's set in the modern day right. we have more words that we could <laughs> right use uh, yeah it was weird but also to be fair her novel sounded fucking atrocious i want to read the other novel that she's writing in the 1860s versions um 
I wonder, I, I wonder if Louisa May Alcott actually published that, if that's true, if that's a true thing. No, Louisa May Alcott published several other books, most of which she thought were better than Little Women. Uh, she did the only other one I've read that she wrote. Oh, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was a gothic romance. Um, oh, romance. Okay. I mean, it was still like it had horror, gothic horror elements, but it was primarily a gothic romance and it's fine. And like she wrote other books that she intended for older, more mature audiences. A lot of them did well critically, but not commercially. And then Little Women was something that she just sort of wrote. As a love letter to her family. Right. And she wrote it very quickly, just based off of her own family experiences, didn't really think much of it. And that was the big hit that she's remembered forever for. (laughs) And she thought it was kind of nothing. You can you can tell in the 2019 one where when Joe sends it off to Mr. Dashwood and she's Mm -hmm. like, it's it's okay. I mean, it's probably nothing big, but you can tell that that's probably like a based off of a real letter. Right. Louisa May Alcott wrote. That's the one where in the beginning she submits another book and he says something like, oh, nobody wants to be moralized at anymore, blah, blah, blah. And that comment was apparently based off of a book that Louisa May Alcott wrote that she thought was going to be her masterpiece. That taught this taught this big moral lesson to an adult audience. From what I've read, it it did fine. But Little Women was a smash hit. To this day. We're talking about it. Yeah. Almost two centuries later. Like, it's a big deal. Um, Would you prefer if, okay, so if you're Joe, right? (laughs) Let's pretend for a second you're Joe. Oh boy, I've done that for half of my life. I can't answer this question because I'm not, the right person to answer this question. You're Joe in 1860s America. You submit to a publisher or a newspaper publisher uh, your stories. Would you rather be credited as a man or be anonymous? You get paid no matter what. Get paid. Do, do I get to own the copyright no matter what? Um, for so arguments that for argument's sake, let's say yes. Because well, I feel like that would be it would be tougher to hold on to the copyright if it's published anonymously. Well, so the thing is when she what in the 2019 one, when they start off by her saying it's her for her friend and everything, mm-hmm. and she's trying to sell it, she sells it anonymously and she still gets money. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really see her go to him again until she has written little women or like there's no there is that correspondence between them and then they talk about finances at the end and everything whereas in the 94 one she goes under joseph Mm -hmm. so Um, i don't remember which is true in the novel or if none of that's true and she just published under her own name always in the novel well i want that also makes me wonder if louisa may alcott went under louis alcott or something I don't think she, as far as I know, she never did. She was always able to publish under Louisa May Alcott or at least L.M. Alcott, but I, I don't know for sure. Um, I do know her nickname was Lou. So like Joe, she also had a boy's name as her nickname. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Uh, that, the, you know, all these little Yeah. And, and in real life, she never married and she wanted Joe to not get married at the end of Little Women. That seems, I mean, we only see her get married in the 2018 one. 
Right. Um, it can be inferred in the Greta Gerwig one, but we never see it. Well, it's open for interpretation in the Greta Gerwig one because all of the scenes after she runs off to get Frederick, all of those scenes are shot uh, with the orange tint, like all of the past timeline was, not uh, in the blue tint that the present or the, the later modern timeline was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also read it as like it's a happier moment for the families. Right. The family at large. So, unfor- like, it's unfortunate that Beth had to die and everything. <laughs> I gotta I, say... I th- was, in, in the novel, she does flat out get married to Professor Bear, and there are two sequels. One called The first one's called Little Men. The second one's called Joe's Boys. Is Little Men like Midnight Sun, where it's the male perspective <laughs> of the same story? <laughs> no, it's about their sons and like the the boys that they teach at the school that they open. Ah, uh, wait, is it only bo- a a boy school that they open, or do they open a gender? A, a... Pretty sure that in the books it's a boys school specifically. That's what I really liked about the ending of the 2019 one, where it's like everyone's welcome. Boys and girls. I don't know why I said it like that. I'm drunk. You okay? Um, <laughs> I wanted to make note of the writers and directors of these movies. Mm-hmm. Where it made me think. I mean, you've watched the older versions where I'm pretty sure it was a man that directed it. You'd be surprised. But I kind, I kind of want to like challenge somebody to have a script written by like have a man and a woman write a a script you have one cast but then you have a male director and a female director work on two separate movies interesting right isn't that like a good challenge in a way to like see the perspectives of what a male director will bring versus what a female director will bring yeah that would be interesting because, like, I feel like, though it, it is centered around women, mm-hmm. I feel like anyone could be the director of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you c- could be. I'm not saying, like, you know, I want to see Quentin Tarantino's version of Little Women. <laughs> you know actually, what? you know what? I'd pay money. I'd pay good money yeah, to see that. Yeah, actually. There'll be a lot example. of there'll be a lot of feet shots. Um, oh, my God. So many feet. Ooh. Who would Zoe Bell play? Um, Sally Moffat. No, she'd play the mom. Oh, she'd be Marmy. Yeah, she'd play Marmy. Or Aunt no, March. She's not old enough to play Aunt March. Fair. I fucking loved uh, Meryl Streep as Aunt March. I, I loved say. Meryl Streep, but I also, like, I have a soft spot in my heart for Mary Wicks forever and always. <gasps> Mary Wick, that also blew my mind where I was just like, Oh, right. That's fucking legend. She's a legend. She's a legend. She was, she was in Newhart? No. I don't know. I know she did like a lot of like stage, like back in like the 60s. And she did a lot of television. Yeah. And then like her last few credits were this Sister Act and Sister Act 2 back in the habit. Like, (laughs) come on. Sister Act 2 back in the habit. But I I really did appreciate that like it's all women telling this story because mm-hmm. nope. like minus the 2018 one so ignore that one 
it felt like they were they weren't highly romanticized though it was again like what you said it's day-to-day life so there was little natural acting happening I uh, cannot tell you how much I love the overlapping dialogue in Greta Gerwig's version. That was a little jarring for me personally. I'm not going to lie. That's it, fine. It felt I, I like a that. it felt like a lot of exposition dumps for me. But I also watched it right after hate watching the 2018 one. So I'll have to watch it again in a couple of months. And to be fair, a lot of the parts where they're overlapping, that's dialogue that's taken like verbatim out of the book and it's used in almost every adaptation. So if you're very, very familiar with Little Women, you already know exactly what they're saying, but they have to say it because that's part of Little Women. I, it just also in the 2019 one, it felt very natural. Like it was mm. much, but it was very natural, especially when... Uh, they pick up Amy from Mr. Lawrence's place and there's overlapping conversations happening. And, you know, mm-hmm. Amy's the loudest cause she is, but <laughs> it felt natural, yeah. jarring, but natural. Cause you know, we're so used to movies where it's like, I have a line, you have a line. I right. respond. You respond. Like three of those four girls are extremely spirited. And coming from a family of four sisters who were all pretty spirited, we spent a lot of time talking over each other and not listening to each other. Of course, because you probably you also probably were able to talk and listen at the same time. Yeah. And at a certain point, you've had certain conversations so many times that you already know what the other person is saying. You're just kind of saying it because it's routine, if that makes any sense. It does. From somebody who has one sister i have two older one younger and yes that makes me the beth of the family which makes me the dead one one really last thing that i want i want to talk about it (laughs) it's so stupid when at at the end of every movie when joe is writing her life story Mm -hmm. i had a hamilton song stuck in my head Okay, great. You know, where it's like, how do you write? Like, you're running out of time. How do you... Come on. That's so stupid. Also, <laughs> also, I didn't cry at any of the movies until the third movie where Mr. Lawrence and Joe have a conversation post-funeral about how his house is now quiet and he doesn't want to go in there because he's so sad. And I... I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I just started crying. Because Chris Cooper fucking knocked it out of the park. Uh, yeah, and you know, we talked about Sersha's performance um, mm-hmm. where she gave the ebbs and flows of Joe beautifully. I mean, I... Uh, so good. I'm I like, I'm sorry, I've now seen nine different women perform this role, including Catherine fucking Hepburn and searches is the best i'm sorry i'm me personally i don't want to compare winona writer and Sersha ronan together okay because i feel like they each they did it differently i mean it's it's different movies for them so i can't be like oh one was better than the other and you know be able to live with myself afterwards (laughs) but definitely those two trumped what's her name that did it in the 2018 version yeah um which again no offense to that actress i wish for the best for her 
but that is not a good performance. That is no. I mean, I, I don't know if it was, I agree with you. I don't know if it was her, if it was the writing, if it was the directing right, or, or, or a, combination a combination of all three. Yeah. If they just like wildly misinterpreted the character. She was just a huge garbage monster. And She's a garbage monster and way over the top dramatic. Pardon me, but she died. <laughs> I was oh, laughing. Oh. I was laughing when that Amy burned her book. I was like, ha To go on, go off on another tangent. Hello, podcasting. <laughs> um, I really liked Florence Pugh's performance of Amy best out of all of the five actresses that played Amy. Mm-hmm. Because... Yes, we get, I mean, yes, it's a little weird seeing a 30-year-old play 15, <laughs> or play a 12-year-old. Right. And they tried so hard. I mean, they- They, they gave put, her the bangs. They gave her the bangs. I think they bind, they bound her chest a little yeah. for it. They also tried to cover her up in some scenes as much as possible to make her look not busty. Because right. she, she is, of the four actresses, the most developed. Yes, and also the deepest voiced. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. But I feel like when she burned the book, like she was not apologetic about, cause you know, when um, in the other two versions, after Joe realizes that the book was burned, the Amy was always just like, I'm so sorry. But in the, but Florence Pugh was right. like, fuck you fuck you fuck you like i told you you were don't fuck with me otherwise you don't mess with the bull otherwise you get the horns bitches right what's up i will say that's one of the things where this is the most different from the book where she's doing it page by page that's just that adaptation every other adaptation she tosses the book into the fire with almost not even thinking about it uh also the fact that she tossed in the 2018 one when she tossed it in and it burned up instantly i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) also like but also again i was kind of laughing because joe's the pretentious asshole who doesn't even keep a laptop yes like what if i'm sorry if you're that pretentious about it sure burn her book i don't care also she's a shitty writer from what i can tell and she has a cracked iphone and i was like of course she has a cracked iphone (laughs) I mean, I, I guess that also goes with like their hardships, but like, <laughs> of course she has a cracked <laughs> iPhone. Uh, what you said you had a couple of points you wanted to talk about before we conclude as usual. Well, one thing that I thought was interesting uh, compared to other adaptations and to the original book is that all three of these adaptations do that none of the others do. Joe writes Little Women really she does not write little women in the book she writes i can't remember if it's a poem or a short story but she writes one uh, a, a short work titled my beth and that gets published in a magazine that is represented in the 2018 one no the 2019 one the greta gerwig one i believe i believe the jillian armstrong one does oh no 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 she sends off the manuscript right never mind so in every other adaptation, it's either a short story or a poem titled My Beth that she publishes in a magazine or something like that. And then she, as far as we know, never writes again. 
So I I want to correct myself looking at my notes. Okay. Um, in the Greta Gerwig one, it's called For Beth. Okay. Close enough. Because that, that's the scene where she burns all of her old, old stuff because she's like, I'm never going to write again. Which also, that scene is shot to parallel the scene where Amy's burning her manuscript. That This movie has so many parallels and I'm so happy. But also the one when they're intercutting Beth, Beth's fever breaking from Scarlet Fever and then Beth's actual death. Oh! Fucking, fucking devastated me. I ha- and I've um, known since 1994 that Beth dies. And in 2019, <laughs> I was devastated by it. That was beautifully done because, you know, you play with the tints and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's the exact same shots, the exact same sequence, but... And oh. Lord, Lord Dern holds a master class. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, nobody can see me who's listening to the iPod dramatically throw myself across the couch Shady, of fa- Shady fainted a little <laughs> but like oh <So>, yeah <laughs> but it's all three of these specifically that have Joe write little women and we didn't plan this folks like no. we we wanted to do these three because a they're like the most recent ones and we were going to be able to access them easier right. besides the bbc one which is a series and not a movie so it doesn't yeah. count yeah yeah we try not to do series on this podcast that's my we other try. question for you sure. yes the, the greta gerwig version mm-hmm. did it feel like that epilogue where they're going through the house was a continuous shot that then was intercut by her book being made I think so, yeah. Cause I I I noticed that that there were no cuts while they were moving. The camera was yes. moving in a direction, but then they there cut. was no continuous editing. It was intercut editing only. Yeah, what it looks like at least. Yes. Okay. What was your other point that you wanted to talk about? So I want to talk about a, another reason why it's interesting that we chose these three, sort of by accident. And this goes back to you just saying that these are the three most recent movie versions Mm -hmm. besides the Hallmark Christmas movie. Oh, stop. (laughs) Which is not called Little Women, so it doesn't count. (laughs) But uh, I did read an article that that compared the 1931, the 1949, and the 1994 versions to each other and talked about how in adapting the novel they all focused on some sort of element that was really relevant to the time they were made. Okay. Um, And I saw that in a bunch of the ones I watched, but this writer wrote that the 31 version, because it was made in 1931 during the great depression, put a greater emphasis on their financial struggles and their ability to rise above it. Okay. The 49 version was a little more focused on reconstruction post-war. Um, and, and these people sort of reclaiming their their place in society after the war has ended, which in 1949, we were sort of still doing after World War II. Right. Where also the like women's roles in society mm-hmm. grew. Right. But then, but then being forced back. Yes. Exactly. That's so smart. 
And then I noticed, you know, watching the 78 version, there was, you know, a greater emphasis sort of on how important the war was. And 78 obviously was, it, it, it seemed like it was responding to the very recent civil rights movement. They were talking about the racial issues at the heart of the war. Yes. And so that felt like they're bringing that up because civil rights was so recent and still so, I mean, still controversial today in 2021, unfortunately. Right. But certain aspects so much more controversial in 78. In 1994, 2018, and 2019, these versions put a particular emphasis on women's independence. And and the novel had this, but these are the three adaptations and, and the 2017 one as well that I feel like put the most emphasis on these women carving out individual identities, which at the time that this novel was for, or these novels, I should say, because it was two volumes. But at the time that they were published, that was considered a very masculine ideal. Individualism was for men. Interesting. Um, So that was like very radical at the time that even though Joe ends up married and ends up not becoming a writer professionally in the novel, the fact that she even aspired to that and worked towards that was very radical at the time. Even the garbage monster Joe? (laughs) Even the garbage monster Joe. Uh, So it's interesting that these three versions are also the ones that actually give her an ending where she gets to be a professional writer instead of just publishing a final story for a magazine. Now I'm going to go be married and run a school, which is what she does in the novel. I mean, in the 2019 version, she does it all. Well, really. it's open to interpretation because the getting married and the running of the school might just be for her book. Not the getting married. I, f- I want to believe the epilogue that we see is real. Okay. I want to believe that. I don't, I don't think she's married yet. Um, I think they're courting, dating, if you will. But okay. I don't, I, I don't, I want to believe that that is real. What happened, you know, with the kids and um, you see it because w- it's great that you see the other sisters and their teachers and they're like, you know, is it Meg that is like the theater teacher or something oh, and yeah she's she's like doing acting classes acting so classes being, being and very dramatic friedrich is te- is doing music and you know marmy it's marmy's birthday allegedly <laughs> allegedly allegedly um and you know i i want to say is amy like doing recess or something like it was great that they that yeah they show the family amy with the baby strong. which is presumably best um, in the books, well, in the later books, Amy and Laurie have a baby, Bess, named after Beth. But changed to Bess? They're both short forms of Elizabeth. Oh, I didn't know Bess was a short form of Elizabeth. Hmm, fascinating. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird one, though. I'm, I'm learning a lot of new things tonight while yeah. we record this episode. Is there anything else that we want to talk about um, I did want to mention, because you mentioned before that these three were written and directed by women. Every version of Little Women that I watched what had at least one screenwriter or director credited who is a woman. Every single one of them. Wow. Go team. 
Yeah, the 1931 and the 1949 are both off of the same script. So it's the same woman uh, credited for both of them. There's a 1950 teleplay version, which was directed by a woman. Wow. I do want to note, there are two versions that are listed. Like when you Google search the Mm -hmm. Little Women adaptations, they're the two silent film ones. I believe it's 1919. 1918 and 1919 or 1917, 1918, something like that. Yeah. But 1910s. The, the, the T, the, the, the tens. Uh, yeah. But those are lost. Like, yeah, I believe they were lost in like the, like a fire that happened at one of the studios. Yeah. That's what happened to like 95% of all silent films ever made during that era. Right. forever gone so i know we we're taking a very different approach because it's a milestone but let's should we do special features special features special features <laughs> I mean, I didn't look anything up. I'm not going to lie because we didn't really talk about special features, but I think it'd be interesting if you can go into further depth about those other versions you watched. Sure. I mean, okay. So maybe I can, maybe we could do an interview style. Okay. I can ask you some questions. (laughs) Um, Was Meg always boring in those other versions? Most of them, yes. Uh, the 1978 TV version is the other version I mentioned that right. did the plot line with the silk and the coat and the blah, blah, blah. She is played by Family Ties, Meredith Baxter in that movie. Stop. Listen, that version is like not very good, but kind of worth. Well, no, it's got it's got moments. It's got really good moments. But more mostly, than the 2018 one? Way more than the 2018 Great. one. Great. Um, but it's mostly notable to me because of the cast. But Joe is played by Susan Day from the Partridge family. Oh my God. Beth is played by Eve Plum, AKA the Jan Brady. Your role model. My role model. Uh, and she's, she's really good in it too. Uh, yeah. And then Meredith Baxter as Meg, who was not really, I don't think she was really known for anything at that point. Who played Marmy? Do you remember? This is terrible. I don't remember. That's fine. We can Google search it later. It's yeah. okay. Um, so out of all the other versions, minus the three that we talked ad nauseum about, which performance of Joe do you prefer? I. It's hard to beat Catherine Hepburn. Okay. Physically, of every version I, I've watched, I think Catherine Hepburn gives maybe the best physical performance. Ooh. Uh, it's a big deal in the book that Meg is by far the prettiest of the sisters and Joe is by far the plainest or at least views herself as the plainest. That's kind of hard to get away with when you're casting four Hollywood actresses to play them. Right, they're all hot no matter what. Right, but Catherine Hepburn at least sort of sells the idea that She's so ungraceful and so sort of clumsy in her movement that she would be unattractive based on that. I'm not going to lie. In the 94 version and the 2019 version, they do look plain. And 
I mean, I mean that in the highest compliment because. Right. It, I mean, it's like weird to ever say that there are people hotter than Winona Ryder. Well, she has, she is attract. She is an attractive lady. I'm not going to lie. Right. But like they, I don't, uh, the styling, the makeup or lack thereof in both of those movies. I mean, Sir Ronan's beautiful. Saoirse Ronan's beautiful. I think that version gets away with it because obviously all four of the actresses are gorgeous, but Emma Watson is the most classically beautiful. Right. So like I can sort of see it where it's like, well, by the standards of their time, Joe probably wasn't very attractive. Yeah. And, you know, they did a great job and they acted Mm -hmm. the shit out of it. And Um, I will say the 49 version also gets away with saying June Allison is not as attractive as her sisters because the sisters she's being compared to are Janet Lee and Liz Taylor. So like, (laughs) to be fair, you have to be pretty fucking gorgeous to be compared to Elizabeth Taylor. Right. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Let's see. Who was a better Lori in your opinion? Out of you know what we'll include the three that we talked that because we didn't really talk about Lori in no we didn't the movies I mean, that we talked sorry it's Timmy Tim it's Timmy Tim Timothy Chalamet he he was born to play Lori he's so, I don't know he's so good he's exactly what I pictured Lori in the book I mean okay so I have no emotional attachment to any of this as I said earlier mm-hmm. I want us I want to say like if we could somehow combine Christian Bale and Timothy Chalamet together Sorry I like Christian Bale but no 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 he is not my Lori I felt I felt like though Timothy Chalamet looked too young but he's supposed to But like I mean yeah but like I kind of I he has a young I, face, I also, which is like, great for him as an he, actor. He sells the fuckboyness of Laurie, which I don't think Christian Bale does. Like Christian oh, come Bale on. Does, no, he just comes off as a jackass. Well, yeah, he also is that. Which he is a jackass, but he's also supposed to be charming when he's a jackass. And I don't think Christian Bale is. He's just like hateful when he's mean. I, Tim is still charming. I do love when... Friedrich comes to the house in the Greta Gerwig version and Timothy Chalamet is like, I'm Laurie. Who are you? Who is this guy? What are you? <laughs> like he, his jealous side comes out because yeah. we all know that Laurie's. St- yeah. Okay. So here's a question. You, you have like the best knowledge of it. Is Laurie still in love with Joe? Most people say yes. I do not. I say no. I say Laurie was never actually in love with Joe in the first place. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think he can be in love with her. If you really pay attention to what he says to her in that scene. In which version? What's that? In which version? All of them. Every single version. He's not listening to her. He's not actually respecting her. Therefore, he can't love her. Because you can't love someone if you don't respect them. That's fair. I mean, I I don't think he loves. I think he loves the idea of her. And he definitely loves her as a friend and as a sister. He doesn't love her the way he wants to love her. Do you feel like, though, he is under the pressure to marry somebody? No. Like, because that would be the only reason why he wants to marry her if he doesn't really love her, in my opinion. No, I I don't think that, I don't think he realizes that he doesn't love her. I think he just thinks, well, she's a girl, I'm a boy, we have fun together, therefore we must be in love. 
Unless he's confusing romantic love with familial love. Yeah, yeah, I think that's basically what's happening. But I am very, very much in the minority on that. Most people who know Little Women think that Lori and Joe are both in love with each other and always will be. I mean, I can see both sides of the argument now that you bring it up because they are a little flirtatious with each other, but like they're also quite young when they meet so their Mm -hmm. hormones are a little wackadoodle Mm -hmm. uh, if we're really gonna delve deep into their relationship so and and I just also they have a lot of the same hobbies and a lot of the same interests but I don't think they have the same values yeah I mean I, I guess it's like I guess it's like our relationship where you know we're we've over this course of this podcast we've grown closer together Mm -hmm. um you're you're one of my ride or dies I'm not gonna lie to you oh my god you too but me um I feel like though I I'm older though because I know the difference between romantic love sexual love and non-sexual love I should say better Mm -hmm. so like to, to quote the Fast and Furious franchise, we're family. We're family. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome for bringing that up into an episode about little women. Right. Well, it's two franchises that go hand in hand, you know? Right. I guess we're also going into the final thoughts right now with a lot of these questions. So mm-hmm. which version outside of the three that we watch, so the other ones that you watch, mm-hmm. would you recommend to people? I would definitely recommend uh, if you have three hours, because it's three hour long episodes, the 2017 BBC slash PBS version by uh, Vanessa Coswell, that's great. And because it has so much time, it adapts a lot more of the books than some of the other versions do. Um, it's got Maya Hawk as Joe, who's great. Catherine oh Newman as Amy, who's great. Oh, Jonah Howard King as Laurie. And actually, I really liked him in the part two. So he's a better Laurie or he's on par with Tim- with Timothy. He's like just below, like half a notch below him. And okay. in some ways that might just be like because the production for the 2019 version was a little higher. Got like it. it. Might have let him soar a little higher. Jonah Howard King is really good, though. Um, I would recommend the 31 and the 49 versions. Uh, they're very good. Would you recommend the Hallmark one if you're just in it for the camp? If you're in it for the camp, absolutely watch the Hallmark one. It's not called Little Women. It's called The March Sisters at Christmas. And it's fucking ridiculous. It's also set in the modern day. Does Beth die? No, no. Beth never even gets sick. Oh, my God. Hallmark. They changed changed Beth's entire storyline. She's shy. She plays piano. That's the only thing she has in common with the book counterpart. She's the Mary. They turned her into really Mary Beth. They sure did. Her whole storyline in that in that movie is like, Beth, get a job. Oh, I don't want a job. Beth, get a job. You're a grown ass woman. I want to play piano. And then she gets a job teaching piano. Of course she does. Yeah, that one's kind of great because it's so bad. I would recommend that one before the 2018 one, honestly. Uh, I I don't recommend the 2018 one for anyone. I don't recommend this. I mean, no. I don't. Unless Um, you're like a Lucas 
Grabeel completist. Unless you want to watch the Garbage Monster performance, go ahead. Right. It's on Prime. I think I rented it. So I've got I've got two little fun facts that I, I just realized. One, it's interesting that the three movies we watched are about the same length. They're all like two hours. Yeah. I think the Greta Gerwig is like 215, 220. Yeah, it's a little bit longer. But they're all about, oh, they're all over two hours long. Right. Also, with the Greta Gerwig one, the four March sisters are not really American. No. Sersha sure Ronan, Ronan technically is a dual citizen. She was born. She was born in the Bronx. I found that out. <laughs> okay. But she grew up in Ireland. Right. So like, and she, when you see her in interviews, she has a, a broke. broke. But the woman who played Beth is Australian. I don't remember her name, and I'm so sorry. Eliza Emma, Scanlon. Uh, her, um, <laughs> Emma Watson is British, obvi, and so is Florence Pugh. So mm. it's interesting that the that not one American woman is a March sister. Right. And it's such such a classically American tale. But then they got Laura Dern to play their mother. And it's like, great, all American woman right there. I'm going to highly suggest that one to anyone who hasn't seen it. I give it Uh, five out of five stars, 10 out of 10 stars. It's it's amazing. It's so good. Um, it should have won the Oscar for best adapted screenplay, but that's an argument for another time and another year. Do you feel like, so to kind of like tie into my other podcast for a hot second, mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a musical version of this, a stage, a stage musical version of this story. There sure is. Do you feel like it should be adapted into a movie? Have you seen it, first of all? I've seen a stage door production of it, not a professional production of it. Okay. And do I you, cried. Do you feel like though it, it would work as a professional, as a feature? I mean, it could work. I don't see a need for it. Um, for my all podcast. It would do, <laughs> for your pot. Okay. For your podcast. Yes. For my podcast. That's, it's, it's always a need. All right, right, right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, outside of that, I mean, the music is like, it's strong. It's a strong score and everything. Um, what composite, I don't know, whatever music stuff. The music's good. Um, but I don't think outside of having songs, it does anything that you don't get from other adaptations. Okay. That's good to know. Um, and and there, there are just so many of them. That's the thing. If there weren't at least 11 of them. Movies, you mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we thought there was a shit ton of Friday the 13th. Uh, This is something, this is one of the most adapted American uh, novels, I want to say. Oh, American for sure. Right. British novels, what, A Christmas Carol is above this. Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice probably is, you're right. But then if if you were to actually look up Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Done. It's done. <laughs> Millions. I'm not kidding. But that's French, so that's different. Right. So I feel like we're done with the episode, unless there's mm-hmm. any. Do we want to rank them or do we think we already know what the rankings are? 
I mean, we kind of did rank them already. We did. Well, we kind of said that Greta's Greta's best, best. and we don't ever want to see the 2018 one again. Again, and the 94 one, I think I'll watch that one again. I will watch that one again. Yeah, it's a really good Christmas watch. Like, yes, because they focus a lot more on Christmas in that one than the other ones. They do, And, and that's kind of. The be- the book begins on Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it is, in a way, a Christmas story, but it doesn't all take place at that time. Correct. So, I mean, I'll, 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 I'm definitely going to rewatch um, Greta's. Oh. I may rewatch, may, like, and by may, I mean, like, it's a strong maybe, not like a meh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may rewatch the 94 one. Yeah. I probably will never rewatch the 2018 one. I watched it twice for this podcast. I think I I'm am done. so sorry. I watched it once and I was done. I, I, I had to watch it a second time because I watched it and then I watched seven other versions. And then I was like, oh no, you're like, oh, I should have paid more attention to this one. Yeah, I was like, oh, I really hate that I don't take notes. I did. <laughs> I, I wrote a lot of notes, but it was all repetitive because it's like, how many times can you write that Beth, Beth is dies. sick? Beth <laughs> dies. Uh, Amy throws a, a book of like Joe's hand writing into yeah. the fire. Like they're all, it's all the same story. It's just the way mm-hmm. that they tell it is different. And so I'm happy we did this as a yeah. milestone episode. I am too. And even like, if you look at other adaptations, there are a lot of scenes that all three of these excluded that normally get included. And there are a lot of scenes that all three of these included that normally get excluded. So it's right. like interesting I know we're not talking about all of them ever, but it's interesting that these three were in a lot of ways the most similar. Unbeknownst to us at the yeah. time that we decided this episode. Yeah, it was very random. So um, you, the listener, did you like this? Do you want us to do more of this? I mean, we have plans for the future, but like we could always adjust things. So mm. let <laughs> us know. We could do a Star is Born. Um but I mean, if you guys want us to do more of this where it's a little more free form, not so like comparison contrast, let us know. You can reach out to me at Movies John on Twitter. I check it maybe once a month. So <laughs> I'm not as active as Shady. But Shady, what is, where can the good people find you on the Twitter? They can find me at Cookie Oh Shady. Can I say that you're a Christmas cookie because of the because it's, yeah. it's christmasy themed it's christmasy it's, themed even though we're, we're not we're, near christmas really we're, we're approaching christmas we're getting time. there yeah thanksgiving time christmas cookies come out at thanksgiving let's be real here yeah. uh, <laughs> uh but like if you also want to reach out to the podcast uh tell us your thoughts and feelings about this episode and or your attachment to little women you can email us at movie at gmail.com that is m-o-v-i-e-d-e-j-a-v-u-p-o-d at gmail.com <laughs> yay sing song yay. uh we're on we're also on facebook and instagram at movie deja vu pod and we're on Twitter at Movie Deja Vu. 
No pod because it died with Beth. I'm sorry. I had to do it. <laughs> no, I was going to subvert the expectation and say that the pod got married. So we forgot about it. <laughs> Both great answers. You know what? You, the <laughs> listeners, let us know which one, which one of us had a better answer as to why there's no pod on the Twitter. <laughs> you did. Yours was funnier. I, <laughs> it died. <laughs> it died. It Dramatic died. heart. And guess what? Next episode, we're going to go back to killing teens. <laughs> <laughs> we love dead teenagers. Folks. We love dead teenagers. Uh, we are continu- We mentioned it last episode, but uh, again, we're going to continue talking about Blair Witch and the Gallows. So we're doing Book of Shadows, the Blair Witch Project 2 versus the Gallows Act 2. Shady, you've never seen any of these movies yet, have you? I have not. You are in for a wild ride. I'm excited. As you should be. Okay, great. <laughs> and guy, everyone, I promise we're not going to do dead teenagers from here until eternity. <laughs> um, we we have plans for other ones that are not dead teenager movies. So listen, we did Little Women after Halloween. What do you expect? And look out for Fault in Our Stars when whenever we talk about that one. Oh boy! <laughs> All right. Bye for now, everyone. Bye.